0: On In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD Farag. You think that's acceptable? You think that makes up
1: for it? And don't we do that by the way? We know we messed up, so we're gonna try to make up for the mess up. So maybe I'll uh maybe I'll it a little bit more. Yeah, you know what? Don't bother. It's unacceptable. It's not going to offset. I don't desire sacrifice. Obedience.
0: Obedience, not sacrifice. Being born into sin, no one can even out the sins in their lives with good deeds, as you'll get to see with Pastor J.D. today. When we do this, this takes away from how great a sacrifice Jesus made to save us. You want your whole heart to be devoted to Him. Just turn to Him in your struggles and keep growing in Him. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in the book of Jeremiah chapter six with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Three, four years ago. Yeah, that was doable. Yeah. I went to church, feel good. What's for lunch? Well, now it's uh, getting real, and I can't sit. I'm just speaking generically, and, of course, by way of illustration, I-, I can't sit in a church when everything in the world is happening the way it is and hear a pastor that is, first of all, he's not even talking about that. What's he talking about? Oh, It's believed that the, um, color of sandals that Jesus wore were, uh, this, and, you know, and historically they, and that's even if they bring that up. They're just kind of touching on a couple of verses here, a couple of verses there, and let's keep the thing moving. And that person sitting there is hurting. And they're healing that hurt only slightly. That person that is sitting there listening to this needs to hear the truth. Yeah, it might wound, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you're my friend, you'll wound me with the truth. I might resent it initially, but I'll appreciate it eventually. And conversely, if you... Multiply kisses, as the proverb says, and you do not wound me with the truth, but multiply kisses instead. Oh, I might initially appreciate it, but eventually I'll resent it. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? I needed to hear the truth, and you didn't speak the truth. You must not love me. You must not love me. Okay. Verse 15. It gets worse, so you know. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No. They were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Not only did they not blush, they do not even know how to blush. Boy, does that describe our day today? No shame. They don't know how. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, verse 16, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls." Sounds like something Jesus said. It's believed actually by some that Jesus was referring to this verse here in Jeremiah. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and weary, and I will give you rest for your souls. My burden is light, my yoke is easy. Interesting, the old paths, why don't you go back to the old path, the proven path, the good way, and ask, seek, stand in and walk in it. And if you will, then you'll find rest for your souls. Well, what's their response? But they said, we will not walk in it. Also, verse 17, I set watchmen over you, saying, Listen to the sound of the trumpet. Well, what was their response? But they said, We will not listen. Whoa. You mean to tell me that there were actually watchmen that were sounding the trumpet? Yeah. They sounded the trumpet Warning, warning, warning. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And what do they do? We will not listen. Here's this plea again. Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. That kind of reminds me just real quick about. Oh, I, I hope you don't misunderstand when I say it. I love teaching the Old Testament. I love teaching the New Testament too, but I love the Old Testament. I hope this doesn't mess you up. You're already messed up, so <laughs> it's probably going to mess you up more, but I actually enjoy teaching the Old Testament than I do the prophecy update. You okay? Especially now, because the updates are so, so intense. I love the Old Testament. What I wanted to share was, this is an actual conversation I had many years ago on the mainland, long time ago in a land far, far away. This is an actual conversation I had concerning the Old Testament. The person says to me, wait, the Old Testament? Isn't that old? (laughs) The... That's that's the Old Testament. It's, It's old. Is it any wonder that there are churches today that don't go anywhere near the Old Testament? Oh, they're being robbed of the riches. Because the Old Testament conceals what the New Testament reveals. If you're just... Reading the New Testament, it's like watching. This is going to really, ah, it's too late. You're already messed up. But remember those black and white TVs with the tubes, the ones that you had to bang and, oh, good, you do remember. And then the the foil on the antennas, you know, you're trying to get them right. And, oh, and this is pre-remote. You know, you've probably told your kids, back in my day we had three channels. (laughs) And you had to get up and turn the channel. And when that dial broke, you got pliers. You had to get the pliers and, and then the foil, and then you get this fuzzy black and white screen. I'm going somewhere with this. Don't worry. That's like limiting yourself to the New Testament. It's kind of fuzzy. It's not so clear. And where's the color? Now, the Old Testament when you plug into the Old Testament, that little black and white fuzzy (laughs) screen that you're watching, it turns into 3D IMAX. (laughs) How's that for an illustration? If you got a better one, let me know. But I mean, it's, oh, the color, the picture. They have 4K now. Mike, isn't it like 8K now? More than that even. Some of you are going, what? <laughs> the, the quality of the images now? The technology as it's advancing? It is so clear. In fact, it's too clear. I, I'm very concerned if we move from HD to 4K. I've already discussed this because, you know, they're going to see like things that, you know, it's so detailed and, And that's not good. So anyway, I I digress, but the old ways, the proven path. Therefore, verse 18, hear you nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth. Behold, I will certainly bring calamity on this people, the fruit of their thoughts, because They have not heeded my words, nor my law, but rejected it. They heard it, they didn't heed it. Oh, they heard it because we just got done reading that the watchmen were sounding the alarm. And they wouldn't listen. They didn't want to hear it. All they wanted to hear was peace, peace. Speak only smooth things. So we know that they were hearing it, but they were rejecting it. They were hearing God's word, but not heeding God's word. Verse 20, for what purpose to me comes frankincense from Sheba and sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet to me. Uh, by the way, frankincense from Sheba, that ain't cheap. That's very expensive. Sweet came from a far country. This is a delicacy and a luxury. And so here we have this picture of the people offering these expensive offerings and sacrifices, and the Lord's going, what are you doing? You think that's acceptable? You think that makes up for it? And don't we do that, by the way? We know we messed up, so we're going to try to make up for the mess up. So maybe I'll, uh, yeah, maybe I'll tithe a little bit more. Yeah, you know what? Don't bother. It's unacceptable. It's not going to offset. I don't desire sacrifice. Obedience. Obedience, not sacrifice. Verse 21, Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, And the fathers and the sons together shall fall on them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. Thus says the Lord, behold, verse 22, a people comes from the north country and a great nation will be raised from the farthest parts of the earth. They will lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel and have no mercy. Their voice roars like the sea and they ride on horses. As men of war set in array against you, O daughter of Zion. We have heard the report of it. Our hands grow feeble. Anguish has taken hold of us, pain as of a woman in labor. Do not go out into the field, verse 25, nor walk by the way because of the sword of the enemy. Fear is on every side. Is that not what always ensues? Fear is the absence of peace, right? O daughter of my people, verse 26, dress in sackcloth and Roll about in ashes, make mourning as for an only son, most bitter lamentation, for the plunderer will suddenly come upon us. I have set you as an assayer in a fortress among my people that you may know and test their way. And then, the rest of the chapter, verse 28, they are all stubborn rebels walking as slanderers. I can only imagine. They are bronze and iron. That's not good. They are all corruptors. The bellows blow fiercely. The lead is consumed by the fire. The smelter refines in vain. For the wicked are not drawn off. People, verse 30, will call them rejected silver, because the Lord has rejected them. In other words, (laughs) that refining fire, that refines the silver, that refines the gold, it is of no consequence, inconsequential ineffective it's in vain why because they had become like bronze and iron you can't refine bronze and iron in other words there was no silver nothing of value no gold certainly nothing of value there was no precious metal left to refine any refining process was in vain Why was it in vain? Because they rejected God, which is why God in turn rejected them. Don't turn that around. The Lord will never forsake us. He'll never leave us. Lo, he is with us always, even until the ends of the earth. But if we forsake the Lord, he will forsake us. Why? Because he will never force himself on us. If we reject him, he's like, okay, I can't force you. You forsake me. I can't force you. You've forsaken me. I get, I get the hint. You reject me. I got it. That's fine. I'm not going to force myself on you. You've, you've made up your mind. You've hardened your heart towards me and You've rejected me. So I in turn will reject you. So have a nice evening and we're going to partake of communion now. And I tell you, it's, it's hard. I know I'm thinking of myself only because that's the one person I think about the most is myself, but I think about how hard this is to teach, but then I think about you and how hard this must be to hear, be on the receiving end of a teaching like this. But we need to hear it. It's hard, but it's good. And you know, it makes the communion celebration all the more sweeter. Luke's Gospel, chapter 22 beginning in verse 14. We're told that when the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. And he says it again for a second time. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. What he's saying here is, and this is why we affectionately refer to it as the last supper. It's the last time Jesus is going to eat with his disciples. And he's already told them what's going to happen. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to be given over to man and he's going to be crucified. He's going to be buried and he's going to rise again from the dead. And they were not able to wrap their minds around that. Of course, you know, Peter's response to that was just over the top. And Jesus, of course, had to rebuke him and say to him, get behind me, Satan. Not that Peter was Satan, but that is what Satan wanted. He didn't want Jesus to go to the cross to pay for the sins of mankind. So they were really having a hard time with this. And then he tells them this, this is the last time we're going to eat again. But here's the thing, you guys. The next time we partake together... It's going to be when this is fulfilled in my kingdom. And it's like Jesus is saying, I can't wait. Some of your translations render it. I eagerly await, fervently desire for that time when what we're going to do is ultimately fulfilled in my kingdom. Why do I emphasize that? Because as gnarly, I love that word still, you'll forgive me, as gnarly as this chapter in Jeremiah that we just studied was, we have this to look forward to. And we need to remember that. And that's the point of all of this. This is why Jesus gave us this to do. And as often as we do it, to do it in remembrance of him. Why? Because (laughs) you can study a chapter like Jeremiah chapter 6, and it's not too far of a stretch to say, man, this is bad. Yeah, but did you forget? Did you forget? Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you for the reminder I needed to remember. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in keyword remembrance of me of the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for us instead of us. Not his bones. That would have disqualified Jesus as the Passover lamb because the prophecy was such that no bone in that lamb could be broken. The skin was broken in seven places, by the way, the number of completion because the work is completed. It is finished. But his body was broken for us on that cross. Luke goes on and says, Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. The old covenant is not done away with. (laughs) No jot, no tittle. In fact, it's the New Covenant because what we're doing here is a fulfillment of the Old Covenant. Again, the New Testament reveals what the Old Testament conceals. And the Old Covenant all point from the very beginning, Genesis 1.1, by the way, It all points to the person of Jesus Christ, and not just the person of Jesus Christ, but the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The old points to the new, and Jesus fulfills the old with the new. And so he says to them, this cup, it's a symbol of my blood. My body, the bread, a symbol of my body broken, and the cup, a symbol of my blood shed. Why is this important? Because the Bible says there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. So he shed his blood, and there is power in the blood. (laughs) So much so that, the blood of Jesus Christ removes our sin, all of our sin, as far as the east is from the west, and is so powerful that God remembers our sin no more. It's because of the blood that when God sees us, He sees not our sin, but His Son, Whom he gave for us to die for us and to shed his blood for us. That's how powerful the blood is.
0: We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout this book, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking words that God has given him, warning the Israelite nation that judgment is sure to come. But the people don't want to hear it. They'd rather carry on in their revelry, living their best life now. If you've noticed, there's a mentality of that in today's culture, too. Don't you dare give anyone warning about the red flags in their life. They're just taking that idea of eat, drink, and be merry and running with it. Unfortunately, these warnings in Jeremiah weren't heeded. That's how it can be today as well, as God gives fair warning about what's to come in the future. But are you prepared for what God's warnings are? Have you taken heed to what he speaks and teaches about in his word? These aren't just mentioned as a side note. Everything in God's word is intentional and has a purpose. If you'd like to know more about what this all means, we encourage you to go to our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. There, you'll find the ABCs of salvation under the resources tab. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he can save you from a life and eternity without him. If you're in the area and would like to connect with some others in person about this, we invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We hope you'll join Pastor JD for the next edition in Jeremiah, here on In Spirit and Truth. To you. La, la, la.